As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hear that podcast growling? Hear that co-host shouting, it's Dana and Jay. All right, welcome to the latest edition of Hear That Podcast. Growlin' Paul Eater Jr. and Jay Morrison of The Athletic here with you on the walkout on a day where the Bengals make it seven straight wins with a 22-18 to victory against the New England Patriots. And uh, it was weird. It was weird. I got to credit our guy at Fox 19, Joe Daneman, had the uh, tweet after the game on this Christmas Eve of uh, how many Bengals fans were just saying, hallelujah, holy shit, where's the Tylenol? <laughs> little Christmas vacation for you uh, from Joe D. That was one of those types of games, a game that I've never, Jay, I have not seen a dominant first half like that from a team in a long, long time. I mean, just dom- – in fact, the only way it wasn't oh, insanely dominant was the scoreboard. Uh, they didn't quite put it – even 22 to nothing was probably um, as low as that blowout could be when you considered the halftime stats. And then for it to go totally the other way, that you need a forced fumble by Von Bell in a goal-to-go situation in the final minute to save the game. Yeah. And just an just an insane one. But at this time of year, in December, survive in advance time. Bengals win seven in a row. That's what they're saying right now. Yeah, I mean, that's all that does matter. And they, a lot of them talked about this. They, they can learn from this. And um, there there is some truth to that. But it is it was so weird where, you know, last year it was they turned it on and the poor first half turned it on. The second half completely flipped it today. It was It was a strange situation because – they told us that we had to go down. If we wanted to go to the post game locker room, you got to leave now. So that whole final drive, we're in an elevator and trying to find our way to the, the interview room. And we, we finally watch it on TV at the end. And I'm thinking in my, my head that it, it's, it was a, just a matter. New England's going to score. How much time are they going to leave the Bengals in Burrow? And that's not what happened. Obviously, you guys saw it. It's it's just it's remarkable the way this defense just seems to come up with those kind of plays 
over and over again where you almost kind of expect it now at this point. Yeah, I got to say, you know, you just don't you say you expect it. It's insane to expect it. But when you see it Mm -hmm. so many times, I mean, whether you're talking about Jermaine Pratt against Kansas City or Jermaine Pratt in the 2021 opener against Minnesota, I mean, there's been so many of these uh, where just some Khalid Kareem, I was, I was coming away and I was like, okay, this was the Denver game, right? Like Mm -hmm. this was the Denver game from last year where you come away with Khalid Kareem getting the fumble in the goal line when Drew Locke's about to give Denver all the momentum in the world and the Bengals end up winning, finding a way to win a tough one on the road. It's kind of like that too. Inevitably, I think, you know, we've talked often about how that Khalid Kareem forced fumble in the Denver game last year was one of the most underrated plays of the entire season because it put put the Bengals in position to to even make that run otherwise who knows what happens this could be another one of those that you look at one of the most underrated plays and when we look back at the big picture of the season if they end up finding a way to get the one seed or the two with a home field and it makes a difference or whatever that ends up being or win the north and that makes a difference you'll look back to this of a, another play that saves a day and leaves you, you know, learning from mistakes and not seeing those mistakes cost you. I mean, that, that is it where it, it seems crazy to call that an underrated play right now today, but you're right. If they go on a big run and they, it, it might be one of those ones that's, that's a little forgotten, but it's just, it, it was, okay, are they going to get a, a sack and a strip? Is it going to be an interception? You're, you're thinking in your head, what what is going to be the play if they come up with one here? And I think New England was trying to do what I said earlier about not give Burrow and the offense too much time, and that's why they were slamming Stevenson up in there. And it's just it, it two things in this the game. The, uh, the TV showed a, a picture of Jamar Chase sitting on the sideline and it gave me strong Jeremy Hill vibes where, hmm. you know, he had the fumble and he's sitting there watching it and, you know, it's just eating him up inside. And then, then that was almost the Jeremy Hill play right there where you just, the last time, the last thing you expect is a guy to fumble in that situation. And, um, it just, just remarkable that they, they'd keep doing this over and over again. So that's part of this, right? Is okay. Joe Burrow said after the game, "Look, I, I, I'm not going to apologize for winning, and try to find some perspective in the fact that, yeah, you might not. It's hard. You fight the feelings of feeling like you should feel down because you played bad and you didn't do what you needed to do to really win the game you way you wanted to in the whole second half. And he said, but you, you fight that. But I'm not. He said, I'm not going to do that. This getting a win." in December on the road in a place like New England is hard to do. And uh, I'm going to, you know, enjoy that. But there is a lot to take from this. Now, two weeks in a row, Jay, this team has been one half on, one half off. Mm -hmm. Now, they've only needed one half. I mean, one great half at the level this team is playing at right now has been enough. It will not be enough next week. It probably won't be enough in week 18 against Baltimore, and it more than likely won't be enough for them to win in the playoffs. My question is, trend or outlier to these half-on, half-off things we've seen the last two weeks from this team? Yeah, it's hard to call it an outlier if it happens two weeks in a row, um, but it it is interesting it's it's you see the the way it played out today was the one that was 
you it, you see that happen across the league. And, and Trenton Irwin said it. He said, we took our foot off the gas, and we have to learn from that. He said, collectively, as an offense, I think we all eased up. And there is just that natural tendency when you're dominating a team like that and everything's going your way and the crowd is booing the home team almost from the first series on – you know, like I said, human nature kind of takes over. They 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 have to fight that. They have to figure out a way to keep their their foot on the throat. And and they really should have put this game away way before whatever much a minute was left. Whenever that fumble came um, last week, I think you're more encouraged because sometimes that does happen. You start slow, and then they find a way to turn it around, and they just win it going away. This one feels more like the unexpected Christmas gift under the tree that all of a sudden you get to open and you're excited. Um, it just that, that it's human nature for it to happen, but it can't happen if this team wants to make a deep run, because you, if you get a chance to put a team away, doesn't matter who that team is. You have to finish it off and do it. Yeah. And you're right. They, but that hasn't been a thing that they've had an issue with, right? I mean, they've had mm-hmm. slow starts. And so in Tampa, you can say, oh, that, that's a familiar thing that they've found ways to come back from and whatever. And, and, but usually they've finished. I mean, they've been the second half team. They've, they've salted games away. You kept waiting for that salt the game away drive. It felt like one of those last two was going to be it. And all of a sudden the chase fumble happens and, and you're stunned. Uh, that they're not because you've seen it so many times the way they've just kind of finished things off in an act in reality, Jay. I mean, what you know, a tipped Hail Mary, Scotty Washington surfaces. Yes, how about that? Uh, the the, the tight ends had traded right, Devin Asiasi from New England in mm-hmm. Cincinnati, Scotty Washington, like two year practice squatter out of nowhere, shows up tipping the ball to Kendrick Bourne for a early Hail Mary, you know, you have the play before that, the non-fumble on what looked like it could have been a fumble that the Bengals challenged. It doesn't get reversed. You know, you had, you have the pick six on the the back shoulder miscommunication between Burrow and Chase. It goes the other way. Jay, I think I was the back shoulder black sheet, black uh, cloud on this. Like, did I, did I ruin this thing for them? Now that, you know, they supposedly have one missed connection on that year. Well, that, if they do, that was it. And that was a big one. Marcus Jones took it the other way for a pick six where they didn't see the same thing. There was a lot of freakish stuff and there has to be for a team mm-hmm. to come back from 22, nothing down and be where they were. But to me, I do see a lot of freakish stuff, a little bit of the rarity of it's, it's freezing damn cold. You are, have run it up 22 to nothing. You, the other team looks dead and lifeless. You're just trying to run it out and get Brandon Allen in there and have everybody wear hats and the hats under their capes on the sideline, right? And I think that was a natural fall off that occurred. And then it, the craziness made it. So I, I, I'm going to go outlier, um, particularly on this one. But I do think duly noted the half on half off stuff because that's not going to be good enough going forward. No, and we there was actually a debate in the press box on when do you pull Joe Burrow? Right, when it was twenty two to nothing in the third quarter. That's what you're. That's the, the way you thought it was going. And you're right. It was it was really a couple of fluky plays. Um, but as you said earlier, you know you you get the win seven in a row. Go home, uh, celebrate Christmas get a couple of days off with the, with the game being Monday next week. And uh, they are going to need all four quarters against that bills team. Turnovers outlier or trend. So 
you know, before, right, it was Burrow saying, well, the only way I ever throw picks are these tip balls, and he did lead the league in batted passes, but there was felt like a little bit of a lucky nature to it. Today you get three turnovers, two on miscommunications with receivers, one in the red zone, his first red zone turnover since week 13 of last year against the Chargers, um, which is an unbelievable stretch. And you get the one to chase I talked about, a chase fumble. You know, you had last week you had the interception on the tip ball. Uh, look, these things um, – this is why this game is close. It's why those games were the way they were. This team was playing so clean. To me, it's maybe that's more of a trend that I'd be concerned with if I were the Bengals is the turnover trend is one uh, that can, that's just going to be brutal if that continues. Yeah. And it's, I mean, for both of those interceptions look like miscommunications. That's, those are the kind of things that can't be happening in week 16. Um, and a little surprising because you don't see that. You, Joe is usually on the, the same page with his receivers and, um, the chase fumble, I guess, you know, nobody wants that. That, that seems more like the outlier there, but yeah, the, the, the picks is, that's getting concerning. And what, well, this was the first interception since that Baltimore game in week five that, that wasn't, wasn't a tip. That wasn't tipped. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, and then there was two of them that way. The one, it, I don't know, it looked like Boyd stopped, but it, it looked like maybe Burrow was supposed to hit him quicker on the slant, and when he didn't, he just assumed that the ball wasn't coming to him, and then he kind of stopped, and the ball gets picked off over the middle. Um, again, if you, you figure out a way to, to win these games, it's much easier to go back and clean that stuff up. Um, but that is – Certainly, you know what playoff football is, and you're not going to survive and advance having multiple turnovers in a game when you're playing a much better opponent than who they saw today. Yeah, you know, I noticed certainly in the TV copy, uh, Burrow and Boyd having a, a discussion on the sideline of Burrow kind of saying some stuff to him. And, you know, obviously that was, he, he had different expectations of, of what would happen there. Again, this is stuff that has been so rare. It's miscommunicating with Chase or with Boyd. So who knows where that stuff comes mm -hmm. from uh, exactly. But that'll be another one certainly to keep, to keep an eye on. Um, and, you know, Credit to Bill Belichick, you know, causing that that blitz adjustment and it working out for him, you know, because they were dying for something and called that. You you could hear bomber bomber as the adjustment to the, where Burrow called and he took a hit um, to force them to communicate on the fly. And when it didn't work, they end up with their most dangerous guy with the ball in the hands with his ball in his hands. And he did what he did. Can Burrow can, can they just have an edict where like, dude, don't tackle. Stop. Don't. And he ends up diving right into Samaj P. Ryan's back. It's yep. just like Bengals fans having Andy Dalton 2015 flashbacks. Tackling after interceptions is never a good idea. Just, it's hard. But sometimes, unless you're like Chandler Jones is in front of me and I'm Mac Jones, sometimes you just got to let it go. You know what I mean? And that's how I know that's hard, but nobody wants to see that happening. But no, none of the picks happening would be even better for the Bengals, I'm sure. <laughs> All right, let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Outlier trend. Evan McPherson. Jay, you talked to Evan after the game. Mm. Look, I mean, this the weather is cold. I talked to Darren Simmons this week at length about kicking in the extreme cold. And his point was, you know, Evan has so much power on his leg, slight mishits, just the power overcomp, you know, fixes it. And it, the ball goes where it needs to go far, you know, plenty good enough. And it's not an issue, but when it's cold and when it's extreme cold and the ball's like a rock, the slight miss hit, there's no making up for it. It just won't, it just won't go through. And today, you get five points left on the board with the missed field goal and two PATs, and he's all over the place. He has had issues at time this year. I mean, this isn't the first time we've talked about Evan McPherson missing easy field goals. One cost a game. Uh, we've we've seen it along the lines this year. I, I think there's a trend here. Uh, you know, I've had this in my takeaways. You can go in and read now up on the site, but Evan McPherson is the worst kicker amongst those with at least 20 attempts this year inside 50. Worst, 77%. Uh, there's 26 guys that have that have at least 20 attempts. He's 26 inside 50. He's perfect beyond 50, which is crazy. And that's what he's it actually, is. you know, he's actually fifth overall in overall percentage, fifth and the worst in overall percentage. But he's perfect from deep. It's such an odd phenomenon. And then you throw in the missed PATs that have happened. Um, you know, that's how they won games in the playoffs last year. That mm. stuff is concerning for me right now. I don't weather bad end. I don't know. What did Evan have to say about it after the game, Jay? Well, one thing that was interesting that he said, and I'll get to that in a second, but he did say, yes, it was very cold. It was very windy, but that's not why I missed those. He said, I just didn't hit them right. And he, he said that the, the the operation was a little slow and and he felt a little sluggish and that's he he's not he wasn't blaming the hold or the snaps but it's an interesting point because it is a brand new long snapper and a brand new holder from what he was used to last year and you would think by now even with Chrisman taking over midseason that that they would have that down a little more. But I just, I thought that was interesting that he said that the, the entire operation was a little slow and maybe it's the cold weather. Who knows what the cause for that is, but um, it is alarming because those, what was it? The, the field goal was a 43. That's, that's a, a chip shot anymore in the NFL. And then the, the two PATs and um, you know, I did notice in pregame that he, he, he wasn't awful but he was struggling more than he normally does. And at the other end, not the end where he missed the kicks, but the other end, he was leaving like 50 yarders short. And he, he we all know how long, how strong his leg is. So he, it just looked off. But um, Jeff Hobson actually asked him about uh, struggling in pregame warmups. And he said he thought he actually was pretty good. He felt really good about how he kicked in pregame. It was difficult because of the weather, but he didn't, he, there, he had no inclination that, a performance like that was coming. Um, so I, I'm kind of in, I'm on the fence there. I, I think anytime you have a weather game like this, um, maybe you have to just kind of benefit of doubt it and, and, and say it's more of an outlier, but that is a, a staggering number that you just brought up that if he is the worst in the league at inside 50, who would have, who would have thought that after watching him last year as a rookie? 
Yeah. It, well, we made such a big deal out of the long kicks, right? I mean, that was sort mm-hmm. of the thing we talked about. And that was what made his impact was he was just, you know, money Mac from deep, right? And he still is. I mean, he still has been that this year. It's just the consistency. And, you know, if we're going to talk about weather stuff, I mean, that, that's going to be an issue going forward this year. Yeah. Look, Kansas City. Buffalo, Cincinnati, these are not going to be places where it's going to be nice down the stretch. That's going to be something that can't be an issue. So um, that'll be uh, another thing to monitor as as we go forward. You know, a, a lot of these things are on the negative side, and yet here you are, seven in a row, continue mm-hmm. to win, continue to find ways to win. Um, I I do think the crazy nature of some of this should have been a game um, although I say, you know what? Here's the here's how this evens out. I thought last week with the way they played bad and a half, that should have been a game. They pro- and the crazy stuff that happened with the Bucks, it's a game they should have probably won like twenty three to twenty or something like that. I mean, mm-hmm. Brady just giving the ball away. I mean, that stuff was weird stuff that doesn't happen, right? And this is a game that should not have been this close. I mean, tipped hail marys and like all the missed field goals and the fumbles and the weird. Just there's a lot of weird stuff where the statistics. And the overall level of play were so high from the Bengals. I mean, those first half numbers were <laughs> ungodly. I mean, twenty what was it twenty two to two in first downs, and I mean they were throwing they were up almost three hundred yards passing in the first half, and they held them to no points and and damn near any moving of the ball at all. And it was just it was just totally dominant, and they let off. I think I think the natural human thing took over and then snowballed in the wrong in the wrong direction but they win big picture so does everybody else jay kansas city buffalo baltimore all winners so everything continues and now money night football Bengals bills massive sets up uh, and uh, it, it's it's we've got a long time to get ready for it. You've got an extra long week on both ends with the Monday to Saturday to Monday, um, and there's going to be plenty of time to talk about it, and we're going to need all the time we can get because there is so much at stake. We have talked about the value of this number one seed, and imagine, imagine now, already feels like so much is on that. Say Kansas City slips up next Sunday, mm-hmm. and you go into that Monday night game with the Bengals and Bills knowing the winner of this probably going to be it probably going to be that valuable number one seed what we've talked about not having to potentially play in two coin flip games against the top tier in the afc so much on the line could be a preview of a afc championship of a massive divisional round uh this is it it's going to be a, a big week here in cincinnati and in buffalo yeah and if the ravens slip up and lose to the steelers the bengals could clinch the division with that win as well there it is going to be um, I, I would venture to say I'm trying, I'm racking my brain, the biggest Monday night football game in franchise history. I mean, they've, they've, they've had some important ones and they've won some big ones, uh, that won against Denver, um, back in 13, I believe it was, but this is, this is, I, this is going to have a playoff feel from the, just what's all at stake, uh, how I expect the crowd to be into it. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, everything about it, uh, will have playoff. This will be the playoff for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, yeah, it's, it's fitting. Right, mm-hmm. uh, second to last week of the season at Pacor Stadium. It's all yeah. the parallels continue. Last year it was the Chiefs coming to town. This year it's the Bills coming to town in a game that could check a whole lot of boxes and set the Bengals up for the next level of them organizationally. Last year that was just 
being a contender, making the playoffs, right? That was what was in doubt then. This year, it could be becoming the contender, potentially setting yourself up for a one seed. Um, and, and so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, but big, big week there. And but nothing's nothing's set. I mean, this this team could still be playing in the wild card round at Jacksonville, Jay. Like, yeah, there is. It would not be crazy at all for them to lose to a great Buffalo team because. Again, coin flip games here in this top tier. And then, you know, sure, you could lose to Baltimore in week 18. It's it's a mm-hmm. division rival. It's a, it's for the division. Everything's on the line. Lamar comes back. Like, Baltimore, for all we want to say about them, keeps winning despite everything that's happened to them. So this, this isn't – despite the fact that I think the Bengals are the better team doesn't mean that that's some, you know, foregone conclusion at all. There's a chance – that this could be the what we just witnessed today, the last Bengals regular season win, and they have to go play Trevor Lawrence in round one in the, the Taylor Bowl between Press Taylor and Zach Taylor and you know <laughs> Lawrence Burrow. What do we we'd be on three national championship and then last year and yeah. on Thursday night and you know and Lawrence playing so well, they're scary as hell team. No one wants to see Jacksonville. And I'm not saying that because everybody knows my that's so jaggy feelings. The scary thing is the quarterback that is playing at a huge high level, and I think that's what um, that's what that game would be. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think Jacksonville is would would be a any a game that would have people super scared, but they, they are a wild card, and uh, we'll see. It's there's a lot of a lot of things that have to happen before it gets to that. Um, I, I think this is one of those exhale. Collect your wits. The, the Bengals fix some mistakes, and I I don't know they'll win it against Buffalo, but I think you're going to see a much better performance next week. And the bottom line is, I mean, this is seven in a row. This is the <laughs> second time now, tied for the second longest streak in franchise mm-hmm. history. Only the eight in row in 2015 uh, tops it, and they're doing it on the road against quality teams. I mean, this is they just went Brady Belichick with two dubs. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not this. It's not like you know. You can talk. They can be that good for one half, and it's more than an, and it's enough. It, even it even overcome a meltdown with tipped hail marys, okay, and be more than and be enough, and and that says something about where they're at as a team, and uh, and you know the beat goes on. Jay, I want to personally uh, say thank you for currently being in New England uh, and in Foxborough as I'm still back here in Cincinnati with uh, just got done watching my kids over at the mother-in-laws have big smiles, opening up gifts, and uh, they have a lot of really crazy things that they're going to play dress up in now apparently Uh, (laughs) and many other things. I got a bottle of Maker's Mark that I'm going to tap into tonight uh, while we we wait up and, and watch NORAD to see what's happening with Santa's sleigh. And uh, it's it's a great night, and I really appreciate you uh, for doing this trip and allowing me to stay back here on the homestead. It means a lot. You have a 35-minute drive to my hotel. I just hope I can find somewhere that is serving food and beer uh, so I can, I can uh, get a little bit of a nightcap before I go to bed tonight. Come on, Providence. Hook a man up. He, he needs it. He <laughs> deserves it. A lot of Bengals fans need it and deserve it tonight after a wild one uh, uh, in Foxborough. So we'll be back, of course, uh, with our regular show once we get through the uh, 
Christmas holiday, a lot of fun stuff planned for you next week. And of course, our live show before the biggest Monday Night Football game maybe in Bengals history <laughs> and one of the biggest ones in recent years in the NFL. Um, we will do a live show on New Year's Day at 50 West. Uh, I know we're going to have a growler, bet, a new growler bet winner from today. Uh, and so come on down, collect your growler bets. If you haven't, drink with us. Bring your kids to go ice skating. Looks like the weather might actually turn and it won't be like negative degrees outside for it. Um, it's going to be awesome. They're giving us a heated tent. Tyler Dunn from Go Long TD is going to be there. So you're going to have some of his people there. Uh, you're going to have us there. It's just going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to the event. Hope to see people down there to come down. Watch Raven Steelers in the 1 o'clock window, 12.30 p.m., New Year's Day, 50 West, in the Big White Tent. Come find us and Go Long TD, Tyler Dunn uh joint podcast really looking forward to that gonna be a lot of fun all right thanks everybody for listening thank you for listening all year long i hope you and yours have a merry merry christmas uh and you get everything that you want under the tree but really the gift is in the giving right and the Bengals will say that too they, they gave you they've given you seven gifts and they're feeling good about it so all right Bengals win in foxborough 22 18 we'll talk to you next time have a good one everybody